Today's daf is Ksubis daf Kuf Gimel. And we are five lines from the bottom of daf Kuf Beis Omid Beis, the two dots, Lo Yoimar Harisha. Today's daf is being learned to Ilu Nishmas, Chayim Melozer, Ben Yibadol Chayim Reb Shimshon Aryeh, as a schus Rufur Shalema, Feschariah Shalom, Ben Batsheva Simcha, and as a schus for a Zivug Hagun, Feshtabas Beiler Rivka. So, Ksubis daf Kuf Gimel is a very, very well-known daf. It's well-known because it's the daf where the Gemara begins to tell the tale of the Shas Ptiroso Yishol Rebbe. And really, Ksubis Daf Kuf Gimel is part one of a two-daf series. It's Daf Kuf Gimel and Daf Kuf Dalit, which are very much in Yone Agadeta, Discusses and again with the backdrop of the Shasp Tirasa Rebbe, stating that that part of the sugya doesn't start until about 20 or so lines from the bottom of Dav Kuf Gimel Amad Aleph. We're still five lines from the bottom of Dav Kuf Beis Amad Beis. So for the initial part of today's Dav, it's going to be very much a continuation of what we've been discussing, and that is the halachos of Almona Nezaynis, specifically, as it relates to the first Gemara we're going to learn, the Mishnah in the beginning of Perak which discuss the halacha of a man that got married to a woman. This woman had a daughter from a previous marriage, and the man made an agreement with his new wife that he was going to support her daughter, meaning his stepdaughter, for five years. The Mishnah says, if he made such an agreement, it's very straightforward, he has an obligation to support her for five years. What happens if she marries somebody else and that husband also made up that he is going to support her for five years? The halach is, they're both obligated to now provide support for five years. And the Mishnah discussed a whole bunch of different halachas as it relates to that exact case. One of the things that the Mishnah said was, the Rishai, meaning the first man that married this woman and agreed to support her daughter for five years, cannot say, that if she would be living with me, I would support her. But now that this wife is already married to somebody else, and the daughter is living with her mother in that other person's house, so I should now be responsible to support her. Meaning, my whole responsibility and obligation to support was contingent upon the fact that we would be living together. But the extent that we're not living together, I don't want to support her. So the Mishnah says, Lo rishon. The Rishon is not allowed to say that. Rather, he should bring her, the Mezoinus, to the place where her mother is living. So the Gemara now is going to begin with a diok. And that is, why did the Mishnah say, Bring the Mezoinus to the place where her mother is. Wherever she is, it matters where the mother is. That's not the Nakuda. The Nakuda is where she is. It's a very subtle diik, but at the same time, a very stark diik. And it's that diik that is the backdrop to the very, very first comment in today's daf. I'm Rav Chizda. Rav Chizda said, from the fact that the Lashon of the Mishnah was that the husband has an obligation to provide the Mezoinus to this girl. Must be Bas That a girl is supposed to live together with her mother. So what does that even mean? So it's good to see Rashi inside. Dibra Maschel, Zoysay Meres, Habas Eitzelaim, about 15 lines from the bottom. Diktani Lemokim She'ima. Rashi says that Rav Chizda's diak was from the fact that the Mishnah says that he should bring the Mezoinus to the place where her mother is. Velaiktani Lebeis Achel. And it doesn't say that he should bring it to where her brothers are, or as we'll see in the Gemara, it doesn't just say bring it wherever. Lamadnu from there, Rav Chizda learned shekain hu hadin that the halach is shetigadel abas eitzel imo that in a situation where a man dies and he leaves over now sons and an amana and a daughter, the daughter should live not with the sons, not with her brothers, but rather with her mother. Why is this important? It's a halacha pasha where she's supposed to live. There's a halachic nafkemina, and that's the next part of Rashi. Ubas hanizoynes menabanim. The chiddush, therefore, would be that a girl that's being supported by the sons, meaning by her brothers, they would have a chiv to support her, even if she's living with her mother. They wouldn't have a right to force her to live together with her. In other words, when a man dies, the sons yarshin. 
The almana, that's the sugyas that we're learning right now. The banois, yazunu, they're also supported from the nechsi assignment. There could have been a havamina, ben banois shall havamina, that maybe the only time the brothers are obligated to support their sister is in the event that she's living with them. What's the svara? Because she's providing, she's helping out in the house. We'll see more about this later in the daf. But the point is, maybe only then there's an obligation. But to the extent that she's not living with them, then maybe there's no chiv. The subtle diak in the Mishnah is coming to teach me this halacha. That the daughter's always together with her mother. And that the sons would have a chiv to support their sisters even if she's not living together with them. But the Gemara says, I hear. But really, it would only be a dick to the extent that the girl that our mission has been talking about, that the first husband and the second husband are all agreeing to support her, was a gedayla. But Dilma B'Ktana Skinam says the Gemara, maybe this girl in our Mishnah was really a Ktana. And if that's the case, I could explain to you why the Mishnah says that she's living together with her mother. Because it was a Maishashaya that once happened together with a, a Katan, as we'll see. And Chazal understood the same could have happened with a Ktana. And there, there was a special Halacha that the Katan and the Ktana are always supposed to live together with the mother and never supposed to live together with the Achim. But the point is that maybe to the extent that the girl in our Mishnah would be a G'dayla and a Chinami. Maybe there would be no halacha that she always lives together with her mother and to the extent that she's living together with her mother you wouldn't have this Chiddush that the Bonham are still obligated to support the Tanya. What's the Makar to this Maish HaShoyah? It starts with a Bryce Misha Mesa. If somebody dies V'niach Ben Katon Li'imoy and he left over a, a wife an Amona and this Amona had a Ben Katon Yoshia of Oymrim if the Yoshia of Taino Yehei Godel Atzlena we want that this Ben Katon should live together with us V'imoy Amaris and the mother says no I want to raise my son Yehei I want the child to be with me. We allow the mother, she's the one that has the she gets custody of this child. But we don't let this little baby grow up with the brothers. And the reason is, the punchline, because they are And Rashi explains that there's a concern that maybe the brothers are going to want to kill this child because they understand that this child is a and by him being added a picture, it means more money for them. And there's a concern, believe it or not, that something like this might happen. In fact, the Gemara says, there was a real story, where there were brothers that literally shechted, so there are different Gersoyes and different Gemaras, but my Gemara says, and there was a shechito, they literally shechted a job. But the point is, that when it comes to a katan, because of the fact that this child is very vulnerable and there's financial ramifications over there the halacha is that the child always goes together with the mother but maybe if the child would be a gadol already or a gadolah in that instance there were to be a problem now this story that was a maise shahaya really the halacha of the bride is talking about a ben katan it's not talking about a ketano and if you think about the time, what's the whole svara that we don't want this cotton living together with the brothers because he's a royal leirish, they're ruyim leirish, and the fact that he's in the picture is going to come at, a, at an expense to them. But a girl doesn't yarshin anyways. So because she doesn't yarshin, why is it a problem? So Rashi says that although the girl doesn't yarshin, but at the same time she's entitled to the iser nesachim and being that she nechasim and being that she's entitled to ten percent of the nechasim for her nadin. So there is a financial cheshbon there as well. But the bottom line, what's the you're making a nice diak, but maybe the Mishnah is talking about a ktana, and a ktana, it's true, there the diak is a very good diak, based on this Maisa Shahaya. But as it relates to a gedoyla, maybe there wouldn't be such a halacha that she dafka has to be together with the mother. If she's with the mother, maybe the brothers wouldn't have an obligation to support her. So the Gemara says, no, you have to understand Rav Chiz's diak a little bit better. In Cain, if that's what the Mishnah means, then listening lemakim shehi lemai lemakim sheima. Why did we go out of our way to say lemakim sheima? Meaning, if you're going to tell me that a gedoyla can live wherever she wants, a ktana has to be together with the mother. So why are we making an akimta in the mishnah that the mishnah is talking dafka that a ktana and that's why she was with the mother? Just say lemakim shehi wherever she is. That's what you're have to support her. Why are we getting involved in this nuance? Must be agav orche kamashlan tana. Mishnah wanted to teach me a chiddush shamit mina bas eitzaloim loichna gedoyla loichna ktana and that's the chiddush. Then the Mishnah said that in an event, when you have a situation where the two husbands now are both supporting this girl. Again, what happened? There was a, a woman, she was married, she had a daughter, her husband died. She remarries and the new husband 
agreed to support his stepdaughter for five years. Then they got divorced, she remarries again, and Nochamo, the stepfather, agrees to support her for five years. So now there's really two men that both obligated themselves to support this girl, she's not either one of their daughters, for a period of five years. So the Mishnah says, maybe they can come together and they could say, you know what, I have a chiv to support for five years, you have a chiv to support for five years, it doesn't make sense, let's just come together and let's chip in. So the Mishnah says, you can't do that. One person supports, and the other one gives, and really what you see from the Mishnah is two halachas. Number one, they can't chip in. Each one has a full obligation. Number two, they don't both each provide mezainas. But rather what they do is one provides mezainas and the other one gives the, the cash gout. Why? Because what's she going to do with two cups of coffee every morning? You're going to give her two bagels for breakfast? She only needs one. So one person gives her the mezainas and the other person instead is going to give her the demei mezainas. Zok gemara. Amaisa Who gathered there was a person? There was a person that owned a rechayim. He owned a windmill. The problem is, he didn't have the means to be able to use it. He didn't even have what he needed to be able to grind his own wheat. So apparently to grind your own wheat, it wasn't enough that you had a rechayim. You had to have a chamar, there was some animal that was involved. Right? There was a whole geshaft in terms of how exactly this worked. And this person didn't have the means to do that. So what he decided was, he decided that he's going to lease out his rechayim to someone that could use it. And the arrangement with him was, Latrina. You'll grind my wheat for me. It's like this. I'll have oatmeal for breakfast. I'll have whatever it is I need. This is the arrangement that they had. Eventually, this person became a gvir. And he bought a proper rechaya. And this one came together with a chamar. So now already he was able to grind his own wheat. So so he went over to this soicher, the person that was renting his rechaya. And he told him, He said, till now, I needed you, Pashit, to help grind my wheat. So I wasn't charging you any rent. Rather, our lease arrangement was, you grind the wheat for me and like this, everything is going to be good. But Hashta, I don't need it anymore. I have breakfast now. So have Liagra. Instead, I want you to pay for me. So he told him, that wasn't the deal. I never promised you I was going to make lease payments. What I told you was, is I'll grind wheat for you. Give me all the wheat in the world and I'll grind it for you. A deal is a deal. So the Gemara says, the question was brought, this Din Taira, small claims court, it appeared to Ravina. So the Gemara says, of Ravina, Mem Ravina thought at first glance, I think it's our Mishnah. What did Mishnah say? If the two men both obligated themselves to support this girl, they can't say, let's chip in. Ella, what do you do? One person gives the Mizainas, and the other person gives the Dmei Mizainas. What was Ravina's Diak? Ravina's Diak was that, why does the one give Dmei Mizainas? They both promised to give Mizainas. So they should both give Mizainas. So how did one of theirs, Chiyah, suddenly become Dmei Mizainas? I'm going to give you the amount of money it costs to buy breakfast. No, that wasn't my responsibility. I could say that I promise to give you breakfast. So that's what I'm going to give you. I promise to give you lunch. I'm going to give you lunch. LMI, the terrorist is that if I promise to support you, if that's what my chiv is, so it could be mezoinus, but to the extent that you don't need the mezoinus, so then the chiv transfers, it tweaks a little bit, and now it becomes me mezoinus. So here too, enachanami, if Although the original arrangement was that I was going to give you ground chitin, but now instead of doing that, I'll give you the, the domin, I'll give you the value. I'm the Ravi, Avirus Rabbi, Avirus told Ravina, I don't think it's a sushtal. Hassam over there, Chad Kresa Isla, Tarte Kresa Salesla. Over there, there's Pasha the Hefset. Because if you're going to go and you're going to give her two breakfasts every morning, one breakfast is going to end up in the garbage. She's not going to have what to do with it because she only has one stomach. She doesn't have two stomachs. And as a result, so what's she going to get from it? She has nothing from it. It's cold, cool, Hefset to her. And we don't want to lose. Hoch over here, Lavdafki has to lose. Why? Because Matzi Amalei, the Seicher can tell the Masker, Tchain, Vizavin, Tchain, face of meaning you can go ahead and you can grind your own wheat if you want and sell that wheat. But as far as the wheat that I'm going to provide you, that you're going to eat. I mean, you can always sell the wheat. You can't sell your cup of coffee, but you can sell your wheat. And because you can sell your wheat, so therefore, it's not necessarily going to be a loss. The arrangement was that I was going to grind wheat for you, and if that's what the arrangement was, that's, he's not to do more than that. But the Gemara says, the only time this is true, if this person, the soicher, otherwise doesn't have any jobs right Right now available where he's being toichen somebody's wheat. But in the event that he has what to be toichen anyways, then the halacha would be that we would say that what this person should do is he should grind the wheat for this person, he should sell it 
and then give the money instead to the masker. Because in this case, he's not losing out. And going to, this would be an example of So, as I said, because there are many examples in Chas, where we find, where we start with this concept of so to the extent that there's a cheshman of where so you can grind the wheat and you can sell it and just take the money and give it over to him. So why are you making him have to have an extra set of wheat now? All of a sudden he has to be in the selling wheat business. It's not what he does for a living. So, and if there's a reason that on some level he's benefiting by simply providing him with the wheat, then but to the extent that it comes into a case of then of course we would have to implement the of Midas more on this topic or more on the topic of that says he actually me based by the she says after her husband dies, I want to continue to live in my husband's house. Again, one of the Tanaya Iksuba, the topic of the last several dafin here that we've been learning is Almana Nizoinus Menachsiya Samidi. Soimim have a responsibility to provide Mizoinus to the Almana. Do they have a responsibility to let her continue to live in the house? If she says that I want to stay. Can they say, I'm sorry, I'll provide you Mazoinus and we'll drop ship it every single day. It's going to arrive at your front door at a perfect time. But I don't want you living here. Make a taste and you can live here. Says the Mishnah, if an Ammon, says, I don't want to leave. The Yisraelim can't throw her out. I mean, she has a right to stay. I mean, they can't say, you go to your father's house and we'll support you there. They have to support her, which she was, and not just that. They have to give her an abode, based on whatever is appropriate for Amrit. She says, yeah, she loves me, based Abba. She says just the opposite. She says, I want to stay. I want to go back home now. I want to go to my, my father's house. I don't want to live with you. They could say, if you're with us, you're going to get Mazaynas. And if you're not with us, you're not going to get Mazaynas. Once you see this mission, we can appreciate Rav Chizda's halach a little bit better in the beginning of the doubt. Because when it comes to the Ammana, the only time she gets supported is she's living unless they agree. But if she's living with them, that's the only time that she's going to get supported. That was the Chiddush of Rav Chizda. That's Oisai Meris. You see from the Mishnah that that's true for the Almana, but it's not true for the Bats Eitzel. But either way, says the Mishnah, if, however, she says, listen, I would stay with you. But at the same time, you know, we're all the same age, right? Marriages were a little different back then. So we're the, the Ammana is the same age as the Yisoyim. So it's, she just feels that it's not appropriate for us to live together. She's afraid it may come to an Aveira, then Zana Noisa, then they have to support her, the Hebe Savia, even though she goes back to live in her father's house. Uh, and Amona gets to use her house the same way she used it while her father, her husband was alive. She's allowed to use the Avadim and the Shvachis, she used the pillows and the blankets, she can use all the gold and the silver. And the reason is, because that's what it says in the Ksub. And the word Bebeisi means, not just you're going to live in the house, but you live in the house the same exact way you used to always live in the house. So, another Allah we learned from Bebeisi. Bebeisi, so this is a little bit of Dover Be'ita. If you look at Rashi, So if someone lives in a small house, like a hut, like a sukkah, right? So if you live in a, a, a small house, then the halacha is, then I'm to let her stay there. And the reason is, because if she's going to live there, then they're going to have to leave. And as I write, already we're not shoulding. So in the event that the house is a bias, it's a proper bias, that's when this halach is true. But to the extent that it's not a proper house, but it's a biksa, then already the halach is going to be different. Amrav Nachman, Rav Nachman said, the Yisoyimim that sell the house of the Almana. So they just yarshim the house of their late father. There's no question. Now they want to sell it. The mecher is not afraid to go. Why is this different than what Rav Asi said in the name of Rav Yochanan? The Islamim then went ahead and they sold where their father died and left over Nuchasim Muatim. The halach is that the Mechira is going to be Chal. So, what's this halach of Rabbi Asi on Rabbi Yechelon? The halach is when a man dies and he leaves over Nuchasim, so the sons Yarshim, and the daughters have a schus to, to be supported. What if he left over so little Nuchasim that there's not enough to go around? So then 
the Banois are the ones that end up getting everything, and the sons get nothing. So Rabbi Yochanan said a chiddush that if the Yisoyimim would sell the Nechasim Muatim, Masha Machru Machru. So what's the Gemara's kasha? Why is it that if the Yisoyimim sell the Madur of the Almana, it's nothing, but if they sell the Nechasim Muatim, it's something. In both cases, they yarshin. They yarshin the mother of the Almana, they yarshin the Nechasim Muatim. However, in both cases, is a Takonis Chazal that the mother remains with the Almana based on the Tanaik Suba, and the Nechasim Muatim go over to the Banos. So, why is it that in one case the Mechir is nothing, and in the other case the Mechir is going to be Chal? So, the Gemara says the difference is Hosam Loi Mishtabdi La Mechayim, Hocham Mishtabdi La Mechayim. The Shibut of the Tanaik Suba was something that started already Mechayim. She had that Shibut while she was married. The Tanaik Suba goes into effect as soon as they get married. And because that Shibut was already Chal before the ever came into the picture so if they're going to try to sell it now the mecha is not even going to be chal. as opposed to that's a halacha that goes into effect after a man dies but the banos have no schus they have no shibud for their mezoinus while their father's alive as a result if he would go ahead and sell it he would sell it incidentally here in the Gemara that explains Pasha Pshat in the Gemara a little bit better we have a mesoira Madur that if an Ammonah's house fell down, in the Yoshim not Mechuyiv to rebuild it. Meaning, they can't throw it out of the house. But if it falls down, they can leave it. Tanya Namiyochi, it's a Braise. A Braise that supports Abayah's Messiah. Madur Ammonah Shinafal. Ein hayarshin chayavan levnoisay. Word for it. Not just that. Let's say she says, you know what? Let me rebuild it on my expense. Ein shaymelot and amuchiv to listen. So as long as the house is there the way it was, then erchanami. But once it falls down at that point, then amuchiv to shdaltu. Baya, baya, baya. Ask the question. Shiptzamai. What would be if she was meshapitz the house? Meaning, what she did was is she strengthened the house. See, she was very smart. So what she did was, she knew this house has a, a, a lifespan of another five years. So she said, in five years, I'm out. So what she did was, she put a little bit of work, she renovated it. Now the house can stand for another 20 years. So the question is, is that okay or is that not okay? And the Gemara says, Teiku, for that already, we're going to have to wait for Yoha Novi. Omri Ish Efshi, if she says that I don't want to leave my father's house, then the Yisoyimim can say, no problem, I'm not obligating you to leave your father's house, you don't have to live with us, but at the same time, you're not getting supported. Faith the Gemara, why not? Let them give her mezayimus wherever she is. Why it's Pasha in this halacha, that the only time the Yisoyimim are obligated to support her is if she's living with them. So the Gemara says, This is a right to something Rafuna said. Rafuna Rafuna said, Birchas habayis beruba. Birchas habayis is beruba. The more people there are, the more bracha there is. What does that mean? So Rashi says two pshatim. Number one, bnei adam shaoizrin zeeseh umistakrin. When you have a lot of people, so there's a synergy, and as a result, a lot gets done. So more gets done when there's more people, and as a result, there's more bracha. And then Rashi says more vehibijibi pshat. Says umazel derabim adif that a rabim has a better mazel, and because it's something called a mazel derabim, so it's kind of different. So they could say, listen, I understand I'm a to support you, but at the same time, you have an obligation to us to bring bracha into our house. So if you're going to be with us, you're going to help. There'll be a mazel derabim sanachanami. Then we'll give you whatever it is you need. But otherwise, we're not going to do it. So the Gemara says Okay, so. Let her say, I understand. You have an obligation to support me, and your obligation really is anywhere. Narvas, you're coming back and you're telling me there's something called Birchas Habayas Beruba. And you're losing that because I don't want to live with you. Okay, so how much are you losing? Let's make a cheshman. You're losing 20%, whatever it is. Okay, so give me 80% of what I was entitled to get. And the Gemara says, Hachinami. Hachinami, if you can figure out a way to make that cheshman, if you're smart enough, that's true, you will be obligated to at least give that. Amr Rafun Rafuna said, Loshin Chachamim, Bracha, Loshin Chachamim, Oisher, and Loshin Chachamim, Marpe. That if you look carefully in the words of the Chachamim, you'll see that from learning Chazal, you get Bracha. And from learning Chazal, you're going to learn tips and how to become an Oisher. And from learning Chazal, you're going to learn in Yoni Refua. Bracha, what do you see, Bracha? Hadamar, this Allah we just said. Birchas Habayas Beruba. How would you have known this? Oh, you learned Ksubis, you learned Daf Yoyimi, Daf Kuf Gimel Amid Alf, it's a Mufurish Gemara. So, Loshin Chachamim is Bracha. You see that from learning the words of Chazal, you get Bracha. Oishner, what do you see, Oishner? Where is there a halacha 
in Chazal, that's a key, it's a mafteach to Ashirus, the Tanan is a Mishnah, if somebody sells Peris to his friend, if the coiner, the person that's coming to buy it, didn't Meshicha, even if he didn't measure it, Kano is Kainat. If he measured it but he didn't do Meshicha, like Kano, he's not going to be Kainat. Meaning, you're kind of when you do Mashiach. Says the Mishnah, this is the punchline. Here's the good business advice. If you're a Pikeach, then what you should do is, you should lease the place. Meaning, you're a Pikeach, you just bought something from somebody. You're not kind it until you do Mashiach, which means that the Meicher can back out until you do Mashiach. But let's say you took out a, you took a big shipment. So you're going to have to do a lot of Mashiach. How are you going to do all this Mashiach? And it's going to take too much time. And you're worried that the, the seller may back out. He's going to have remorse. He's going to back out of this transaction. So we're giving you an Eitzah. The Eitzah is lease the space underneath it. The little bit of money you'll give them will be thrilled to take. Once you do that, now it's your Chatzar and you'll be kind of with Chatzar, you won't need the Mashiach. So this is just an example of a Chazal giving people good business advice. And that's the point of this Gemara that Lashon Chachamim is also Oishem. And then finally, Marpe. Where do you find that Lashon Chachamim is Marpe? The Knanitza Mishnah. A Yilois Adam Chitin. A person shouldn't chew Chitin put it on his wound, the Pesach on Pesach, the because it could lead to Chametz. What do you see from here? That if somebody would chew chitin and put it on his wound, it would be a Davash al So here you're sitting down, you're learning Mishnayis, you're learning Gemara, you're learning Dafyoyimin, the next thing you know, you got good advice from a medical perspective. So you see Bracha, you see Ashiris, you see Rafua, these are just one example, but there's so many examples, Kamuvin and Chazal, and that's the idea. Asachba, and certainly very, very appropriate for a Simchas Teirah Either way, we can exhale now. We can take a real, like a hundred blot exhale right now. And we turn our attention to a classic Gemara. So the scene was the Ptira of the great Rabbi Yehuda Hanase. Omar, he said, I need to speak to my sons. I need to orally and verbally transmit my final will and testament to my sons. So his sons entered the room. He told them, He says, number one, I want you to make sure you're going to give cover to your mother. He said, after I die, make sure you mechabit your mother. Then he said, I want you to make sure that the seat where I always sat while I was alive, there should always be a candle lit there. The table should be set. And the chair, the, the couch where I would sit, it should be set up as well. And then he said, Yosef Chefani and Shimon Efrati. So Yosef, who was from Haifa, and Shimon, who was from Efrat, they were Meshamashmi, they were my Gaboim while I was alive. I want them to be Meshamashmi after I am going to die as well. So, what were the final words that Rabbi Yudanasi told the sons? He told them three things. Number one, be Mechabed your mother. Number two, he said, I want you to make sure that where I always sit, everything should be set exactly the way it was while I was alive. And then finally, he notified them that Yosef Chefani and Shimon Ephrasi, they were my Gabon during my lifetime, and they're going to continue to be my Gabon even after I die. So the Gemara now is going to analyze the three things that Rabbi Huda Nasi told his sons. Rabbi Huda Nasi had to tell his children, make sure you are Mechabed, your mother, of course, they had a chiv to be mechabed their mother. Amazing. The Gemara even has to quote the pasuk. It says kabed esavicha veesimecha. So the Gemara says eshesav havai. Now that when Rabbi Yudan Nasi said imchem, he was using the word imchem loosely. This woman was really not their mother. She was his wife, hence the segue of everything that we've been discussing. But the point is that she wasn't their mother. And because she wasn't their mother, all she was was an Eshazab. So it's not really uh, included in the Chiv of Kabbat Esav So you would have thought that maybe they don't have to be Mechabedem. And that's what he was trying to say. But the Gemara says, Eshazab, Nami Deiraisi. There's a Chiv Deiraisi for a person to be Mechabed, his father's wife as well. The Tanya, it's a Braisa. Kabbat Esav Yichav the word S is extra. Zu Eshes Avich is coming to teach me that not only does a person have a chiv to mechabed his father, but also his father's wife. The Es Imecha Zu Bali Mecha. Not only does a person have a chiv to mechabed his mother, but also his mother's husband. Vav Yisera. What about the Vav? Once we're darshaning, so Kabed Es Avicha Ve Es Imecha. That's the Rabbis Sachicha Gadol. A person has a chiv to mechabed 
his older brother. So afraid to give this is also a Chiyav Dairais. So you see clearly from Kabit Esavicha, it's Lurabis Eshesavicha. So why would Rabbi Danasi have had to have told his sons, his Zaru Bechvaidimchem? So the Gemara says, It's true, a person has a Chiyav to be Mechabit Eshesavicha, but that's only while his father's alive. But once his father dies, not. And that was what Rabbi Danasi was coming to tell his sons, that even though right now it's going to be La'acha Moisi, still you should be Mechabit your mother. Now what's Pachapshan in the Salacha? While a person's father is alive, he has a chiyav to be mechabed his father's wife. But once he's not alive anymore, at that point he doesn't anymore have a chiyav to be mechabed his wife. The lumdus is pashid. The lumdus is there's no chiyav to be mechabed eshes avicha. There's a chiyav to be mechabed imecha, your mother. But there's no chiyav to be mechabed your father's wife, Norvas. If a person is going to disrespect his father's wife, he's going to be disrespecting his father. And when a person is mechabed eshes avicha, he's really being mechabed his father. And there's a chiv of kabed esavicha. It's for that reason, as long as his father's alive, so that his father will get covered by virtue of the fact that you're being mechabed his wife, then there's a chiv l'rabis eshes avicha. But once the father's not alive anymore, at this point, there's no covet that's going to the father, the only covet that there is, is to your father's wife. There is no direct chiv to be mechabed eshes avicha. And that's why this chiv is only a chiv michayim. The chiv is not la'acha misa. The truth is, it's very meduik in the b'raisa. Because where did Chazal darshan l'rabis eshes avicha? It's kabid es of vicha, le rabbis eshes of vicha. The esni mecha is le rabbis bali mecha. The truth is, in Svar, you would have thought it would have been the opposite. You would have thought kabid es of vicha, not just your father, but also bali mecha, also your stepfather. Not only your mother, but also your stepmother. I think it's Pashup Shan and the Gemara. Kabid es of vicha. The chiyav to be mechabed your father is what's marbi your stepmother. And the chiyav to be mechabed your mother is what's marbi your stepfather. It's counterintuitive, but it's not. It's because the chiyav eshes avicha is really a chiyav of kabed esavicha. The chiyav of balimecha is really a chiyav of kabed esimecha. And that's why we're marbi eshes avicha from kabed esavicha. And we're marbi balimecha from kabed esimecha. So then there's a big machlekes rishonim. Rambam and Ramban for another day, whether this same halach is true with regards to Achicha Hagadol. So the Gemara says, you have a to Mechabed Achicha Hagadol. So, Zdor Rishonim that hold that the only time there's a Chiv to Mechabed Achicha Hagadol is if the father's alive. But if the father's not alive anymore, at that point there's not going to be a Chiv anymore. What's the Shailatolian? This Chakira. Is the Chiv Achicha Hagadol a Chiv Be'etzem? Or is the Chiv Achicha Hagadol just another way of being Mechabed your father, another way of being Mechabed your mother? If it's a Chiv Be'etzem, then it has nothing to do with whether the father and mother are alive. But if it's more an indirect way of being Mechabed your father, being Mechabed your mother, then it could be it's Tolian whether they're alive or whether they are not alive. Either way, Rabbi Huda Nasi told his sons, make sure you mechabed your mother, even though it was only Eishas Aviv, and even though it was La'acha Moisai, but at the same time, he told them to be mechabed them, because still, he wanted to make sure that they were going to give COVID. The second thing he said was, says, he's going to the Oyum Emes now. But at the same time, I want you to set up my seat the same way you did while I was alive. So the Gemara says, my time, what's the reason for this? So the Gemara says, because every Bein Hashemosh is, and Rashi says here, and Rashi says in other places as well, every time you find Bein Shimshi, what does it mean? It means Friday night. Why? Bein Hashemoshes means Bein Hashemoshes. So why would we use the term Bein Shimshi to refer to Friday night? So Rashi says because the Bein Hashemoshes of Friday night is a Bein Hashemoshes that everybody's aware of. Rashi's Lashon is Venir Bein Night. The Fisha Bein Hashemoshes Shaloi Shagur Befika. Everybody knows when Bein Hashemoshes is Friday night. Va'akol Charedin Elov. Everybody's all fanerfed about it. Ligmar Melachtam to make sure they finish doing their Melacha. And therefore, actually, and therefore, we refer to the Beit Shimshi of Friday night as Stam Ben Hashmashes. Mashwa from Rashi that the only time people used to get very nervous of when Shkia is, is Friday night. But they ain't coming to Kamilahara. But either way, some Kobe Shimshi, every Ben Hashmashes. So Rabbi Huda Nasi would come back home. This Friday night. Oh, so my time. Oh, we went through this way too fast. Because every meaning every Friday night, have the Even though Rabbi Huda Nasi had already passed away, but he used to come home every Friday night. And because he used to come home every Friday, it's after he wasn't alive anymore. But he would come home Friday night, and that's why he said that make sure that everything is going to be set up. Says the Gemara, there was one Friday night. So Rabbi Huda Nasi came home, and he's sitting on the seat where he 
always used to sit, and all of a sudden the neighbor comes knocking on the door. Amra Amse, so the famous Amse the Bay Rebbe, who's going to appear later in the daf as well, she said, Shtiku, be quiet, the Rebbe Yosef, because Rebbe's sitting here, Rebbe's trying to learn, why are you making such a gerida? And this woman hears that Rebbe's alive, she ran for her life, but in the meantime, Rebbe Yehuda Nasi realized that this is not so good. His cover was a shtickle blown, and people knew already. He stopped coming, and the reason was because he didn't want that people should say, Oh, you see, a real tzaddik comes home even after he's not alive anymore. So Rida Nasi didn't want to be on the tzaddikim and once word got out, at that point, he stopped coming. So, this is a well known Gemara, probably the most famous of all the Gemaras here that we're about to learn. With the Gemara, says that every single Friday night, Rabbi Huda Nasi used to come back. The Kveger in Gilyan Ashas is Metzayin a Sefer Chesidim. The Sefer Chesidim says, quote, That when Yudha Nasi would come back Friday night, he would come with Big Day Chamudos. He would come Shabbostik. Not just that, he would make Kiddush, and he'd be Moitzi everybody with Kiddush. He wasn't like an ordinary Mace. That a potter from Mitzvahs. Even after they die, they're able to pat the Bekiddush. So says Rabbi Kiveger, not only did Rabbi Danasi come back, but he used to come and he would make Kiddush. This is a major Kiddush because this takes this story from Divrei Agada into Divrei Alocha. He would pat them with Kiddush. And why is this such a Kiddush? Because we know that the only time one person can be Moitzi someone else with a Mitzvah is if the Moitzi is Chayev in the Mitzvah. A cotton can't be Moitzi or Gadol with Kiddush. Why? Because the Gadol is Chayev in Kiddush Medei Raisa. The cotton is Potter. And someone that's Potter from a Zach can't be Moitzi somebody else. But Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi even though he had, was not alive anymore, he was a mace, he was not potter. I thought once a person dies, he's chavshim in a mitzvah. Rabbi Yudanasi was tzaddikim, and tzaddikim bin misasim, a kruim chayim, and therefore he had an ability to pat him with kiddush. This is the Gemara that we've spoken about over the years. The aim based medrash play kiddush, we're going to revisit this. But for now, we're going to go weiter. So, the Gemara, Yosef Chaifani, Shimon Afrasi, Himshim Shuni Bechaya. So Rabbi Yudha Nasi said, These were my Gabom while I was alive, and they're going to be Meshamesh me Bemoisi. So the Gemara says, Savami, no. When Rabbi Yudha Nasi told this to his sons, they assumed that what did Rabbi Yudha Nasi mean to say? But they now know who the comer. Meaning, what he probably meant to say was, he was giving them a tzavah. What's the tzavah? What you should do, Bishas the Petira, right? We just went through a Shlaim the Kluger's tzavah. right? So you would think that what he meant to say was, is he was saying, they were always my Gabon. So, after Yitzhiya's Neshama, they should be the ones that should be involved with the Kfura. But Kim and the Chazot, the Kadam and the what happens? They ended up dying right before Rabbi Danasi. They weren't even alive. I mean, they said, Shema Mina. That must be not what. The tatat gemein. So what did he mean? Lahu alma who the kamar. What he must have meant was is lahu alma. He was telling them that in the next world they're going to be my gabon. Says the gemara. So why did Rabbi Nasi say this? I was pasuk shah. Why was this important to them? Again, this is the final will and testament of Rabbi Nasi to his sons. Why is he telling? Give cover to your mother. Yeah, we understand. Make sure the table is set. That makes sense. They were going to be around. No one was going to know this was a big secret. But Rabbi Nadasi was going to come up. But why was it important that these were going to be his gabam in the next world? The reason Rabbi Nadasi did was because Rabbi Nadasi knew that they were going to die before him. And he was afraid that people were going to be moitzi laz on his two gabam on Yosef Chaifani and Shimon Afrasi, and they're going to say the reason they died before him because they didn't have the schos to be Isaac in the kfur of Rabbi Yudha Nasi. So, Pasha Chaloy Lahoytzi lies. And Lahoytzi mi Liban, so what he did was this, he let the Oilam know that they're going to be my Gabbam in the next world. And if they're my Gabbam in the next world, obviously, they're going to have a schos in the next world. And that was the point that he was trying to say. Which, of course, just brings out the sensitivity of Rabbi Danasi. Right, if you think about the three things that he told his sons, number one, take care of your mother, your stepmother, and additionally, he's worried about his two gaboim, that what are people going to say, and he's poshed being medaktik, so no one's going to think anything. But Emma says, if you think about this, it's Mama Shadavar Niflo. You see that Yosef Chefani and Shimon Frosi had the schos to be Meshamish Rabbi Danasi in the next world. But Emma says, we don't know who Yosef Chaifani and Shimon Afrasi were. If they were Meshamish Bektusha, Rabbi Nasi, it tells you a lot about them. At the same time, Rabbi Nasi was a little concerned that people might be mighty laz about who they were. Sounds like, but then again, they were Zoicha, to be Meshamish Rabbi Nasi in the next world. 
But I, I think it's reasonable to say they probably weren't Rabbi Yudanasi. I mean, Yudanasi was the Rebbe, they were the Gaboim. And you see that the Gaboim had a schos to be Meshamish dead Rebbe in the next world. Which means that L'chayra entering the Olam Haba of Rabbi Yudanasi. I think if you think about it for a minute, it's a pal de gazach. That the Gaboim are going to be with Rabbi Danasi, you would think, yeah, in this world, we're all in it together. So we all walk the same. Uh, so, and a Hanami, there they could be a Gaba. But if the Gaba is not Roy, to be a Gaba for his grosser, grosser Reb in the next world, he's going to have the schos to do it. So, really, it's a little bit of a Chiddush that Yosef Chaifani and Shimon Afrasi have the schos to be Mishamish Bektusha in the next world. But I'll tell you an unbelievable Chsam Soifer that I found. The Chsam Soifer is in Parshas Bahar. And the Chsam Soifer is on the Pasik that says, Everyone knows that Pasik. So the context is in Evet Knani. Evet Knani is, Right, it goes over to be Yerusha. Then the Pasik says, But when it comes to Achecha B'nei Yisrael, that's already a whole different Shulchan Aruch, Right, there's a difference in Shulchan Aruch between Evet Knani and Evet Knani. Evet Knani is, but there's a whole different Shulchan The Gemara says in we just learned the Gemara together that every single thing that an Evid does for his master, a Talmud is supposed to do for his Rebbe, with one exception. Don't take off your shoes. Because if you're going to take off the Rebbe's shoes, people are going to think that maybe you're an Evid Knani, unless you're in a place where people know who you are, or if you're wearing Tzillin. But uh, Talmud is supposed to act like an Evid is supposed to act. Literally, every Malacha that the Evid does for his master, so too the Talmud is supposed to do for his Rebbe. So in other words, to a degree, a Talmud is like an Evid. A Talmud Eitzel Rabbi is a shtika like an Eved Eitzel Rabbi. So the Chsam Soifer taitched, Lo oilam behem tavoidu u ba'acheichem b'nei Yisrael. That ba'acheichem b'nei Yisrael, if there's a Talmud, that's Meshamesh his Rebbe, he should know lo oilam behem tavoidu, he's going to have the schos to be Meshamishim lo oilam. And he shouldn't think that maybe in the next world, where am I going to come to be with my Rebbe? In this world, I could be Meshamishim. But in the next world, you'll be able to be Meshamish to Chafetz Chaim. In the next world, you'll be able to be Meshamish to Chsam Soifer. You'll be able to be Meshamish to Grace Tzadik. And where am I going to come in the next world to be able to be Meshamish them? He said, a year that's Meshamish, a Tzadik in this world, and he said, that's Pshan in the Gemara, where the Gemara says, Yosef Chaifani, it wasn't only them. He said, Rabbi Yudha Nasi was being megalitas how this works. That if someone is Meshamesh at Tzaddik, he can ride his coattails into Olam Haba and he can literally have a shaykhis with that Tzaddik's Olam Haba. This is a Yusoyd Niflo. It's in Parashas Baharazok to Gemara Vaiter. So after Rabbi Yudha Nasi spoke to his sons, he then told his sons, I need to speak to the Chachmi Yisrael. Nichnas Uat the Chachmi Yisrael. So the Chachmi Yisrael entered Rabbi Yudanasi's room. Amr let me told him Altis Beduni Ba'Yaris. Number one, I don't want you to make Hespedim for me in the big cities. For Hishivu Yishiv Alachish Loishem Yoyim. After thirty days, there should be no more mourning. Now the backdrop to that is Nasi Shemais. So we're Mavatul Torah and, and we're Mavatul Yishivus and there's major Hespedim. So Rabbi Yudanasi said thirty days, but not more than thirty days. Shimon Bni Chacham, my son Shimon. Is a chacham Gamliel ben Nasi. My son Gamliel should be the Nasi. Chanina bar chama yeshe berosh. And my son Chanina bar chama, he should be the Rosh Hashiva. What did he mean? Altis ben Mibayares. The first thing he said was, "Don't be masked with me in the big cities." Avami not. I will not talk. Terecho. The Kamri. That the reason he was saying it was was because of Terecho. What's the Terecho? So Rashi says the Terecho is that if this is going to be a spadim in the big cities, the people from the Kfarim. The villages of Masechtas Megillah fame, they're gonna come the Yom Aknisa, and they're gonna have to partake, obviously, in the spadim of the God of Adar. You have to, and as a result, it's gonna be a big tircha for them. So Rabbi Yehuda Nasi didn't want his spadim and ayaros poshnit mishum tircha. He didn't want to be matriach the people in the kvar. But then what the Olam saw was is they were making spadim for him in the krakim, meaning this kvarim. Those are the little shteitlach the the 
the villages, and then you have the, the real proper cities, and then you had the cracking with the metropolises, New York City, these are the big, big cities. So what happened was, because Rabbi Yudanasi said, Altis Beduni Bayaris, so what they did was, they didn't make it in the townships, to the contrary, they went to the capital of the countries, they went to all the big cities, the Kasi Kuliyama, and it wasn't just a tircha for the people in the Kfarim, it was even a tircha for the people in the Ayaris, meaning he were, they were major, major Hispedim, Amru Dechad Shmamina, just the opposite. Mishum Yukaruhu the Kama. That where Yudan Nasi wanted, he said, Don't just make me Hespadim in the Ayaris. I want the Hespadim to be in the Kraken. I want the people from everywhere to have to flock. It should be a tremendous Beroiv Am, and it should end up being an incredible, incredible Kavad Torah. And the Kavad that's going to come about through my Hespad should be so not Shaykh. That's what Rabbi Yehuda Nasi wanted. So again, there's so many related raid bites to today's daf, but one of them is, is Rabbi Yehuda Nasi. Here, Rabbi Yudan Nasi says, Altis Beduni Ayaris, which at first glance, if you forget this Gemara, it sounds like it was this tremendous anova that what he was saying was, Altis Beduni Ayaris. No, don't be masked with me in the cities. I, I, want, I don't want some grace has made. It's just the opposite. He wanted in the Kraken Gedoyim. He wanted that it should be in cities that are Mukafas Mamas, These were the types of Espadim that he wanted. And the Chsam Soif in his Truva and Rabbi Lazar Fleckless in his Truva may have, and we've spoken about this so many times. Then He says, You find there were two Anhogas by the Gedoyim Yisrael. There was Rabbi Yudha Nasi who said, Altis Petuni Bayaris, Rav, who told Rav Shmuel Barshelas, Achim Behespeda, the Hasim Kamina, Rav Ashi, who went to, the, to his, uh, this famous eulogizer and he told him, Tell him, Bar Kipuk, he said, Tell me a little bit about what my Hespit is going to sound like. And he told him, Ravina's Hespit, Rav Ashi's Hespit. So you find that there were ones that they wanted to hear the Hespit, right? Achim Behespeda, give me Chavar Mehespit. I wanted to knock, bring your A game when you maspid me. And then you had the Pnei Yeshua who wrote in his Sava, Altis Peduni, period. And Rab Kivega and all the different Gedoyim, Rab Shlomo Kluger, we didn't want any Hespedim. Either way, there were two Mahalchim, it's based on a Taisus and Sanhedrin, Daf Samachesim and Aleph, Ayin Shomba, all the related raid bites. But either way, Zokti Gemara, Hishibu Yishibu Lachash Loishim. Then Rab Yudanasi said, 30 days max. Meaning, after 30 days, at that point, I want you to be Moshe Yishibu. Why? He said, because I'm not more than Moshe Rabbeinu. Dechsev, Mamish, Inyona de Yoyma. And it's for that reason he said that if Moshe Rabbeinu was 30 days, he didn't want more than 30 days either. So the Gemara says, For 30 days they were masked by day and by night. Afterwards, they were masked by day. They would learn at night. They would be masked by night. They would learned during the day at the Safti Trace Yarchishas and this went on for twelve months. So to appreciate appreciate Rabbi Huda Nasi and the loss the Klai Yisrael felt when Rabbi Huda Nasi passed away Twelve months. It was yud base chodesh of hespedim. Thirty days of straight hespedim, and then afterwards, either they would be masbinim by day or masbinim. Imagine hespedim for yud base chodesh. Unbelievable thing. But from yud base chodesh to hespedim, I saw the Chassam Soifer says that what was the havamina. There would have been a havamina that they should be masked Rebbe more than Moshe Rabbeinu. Right? Rabbi Huda Nasi, had he not said it in the Tzavah, they wouldn't have done that. It's not, there would have been a havamina. And you see, they rather one masked him up to you, albeit a little bit. But what would have been the havamina that the Hespedim should be other from Moshe Rabbeinu? So the Chasam Soifer says, he says, because in a way, Rabbi Huda Nasi's Petira was worse maybe than Moshe Rabbeinu's. Because when Moshe Rabbeinu was Nifter, at the very least, he left over, he left over the Yoreach, he left over Yeshua Benun, and the Skenim, and Allah's Akoyin Gadol, and Pinchas Ben Allah's Ben Aharon Akoyin, it was a dark day, but Rabbi Yudha Nasi passed away, Rabbi Yudha Nasi was Nifter, so there was such a Yerida, he didn't leave over, what Moshe Rabbeinu left over, and the, Hespid would have been because of the Aved of Rabbi Yehuda Nasi and what relative to what was left. Aved Rabbi Nasi wasn't Moshe Rabbeinu. And Aved, if Moshe Rabbeinu, it's only Shloishim Yoim, there's no Havamin that Rabbi Yehuda Nasi should be more than Shloishim Yoim. But to a degree, the Hefsid in the Velt by the Ptira of Rabbi Yehuda Nasi might have been worse. And if that's the case, there could have been a Havamin, you have to be the Soifit to say this, but there could have been a Havamin that maybe it was Odif no Mi Moshe Rabbeinu. And that's where Rabbi Nasi made it clear, the loyal Odif no Moshe Rabbeinu. And if you find by it can't be more than 30 days. I was thinking that over the years we've spoken at many times a, a marsha, where the marsha says, we know the Gemara says that the world was created for 6,000 years. The first 2,000 years it was Torah below Torah. Then 2,000 years of Torah, and then 2,000 years of Yemosh HaMashiach. And the marsha makes a cheshben. He says that if you count 
the year 4,000, what happened at that point? Right? What happened at the year 4,000? What happened then? It was the Petira of Rabbi Yudha Nasi. This is the very short version. It was Rabbi Yudha Nasi's Petira. Rabbi Yudha Nasi was Nifter, year 4,000. Kimat to the day. It says the Marsha that Rabbi Yudha Nasi was Nifter. There was a tremendous Yerida in the Welt. And it went from being the 2,000 years of Torah to now we're living in Yemoisa Mashiach. But at the same time, Malka Vesereb Agoyim and Torah. And at that point, we're not living in the world of Torah anymore. I think that's the Oymik in this Chassam Soifer. That the Chassam Soifer says that Rabbi Yudha Nasi was Nifter. There would have been a Havamina. That there should have been Masped and more. It's not the Gav Rabbi Yudha Nasi that they're being Masped more than the Gav of Moshe Rabbeinu. It's Pshita. We don't need Rabbi Yudha Nasi's Sava. But what's Tutsich in the Welt yet? When Moshe Rabbeinu was Nifter, there's a Dardaya, they're going into Eretz Yisrael. You're right, Moshe Meis for Yeshua Machnes. But at the same time, Megate Darayin in Eretz Yisrael. But when Rabbi Yudha Nasi was Nifter, it went from the world of Torah to a world of Malkavis Hareb Agayim in Torah. And it's that massive clothing was Tutsich in Klai Yisrael now that you would have had a Hamamina that maybe there should be more in Spadim even than by the Petir of Moshe Rabbeinu. And that's Rabbi Yudha Nasi had to make a Tzava. He had to be very, very clear to lay a Diphna. That that's not the way it is, and that's not the way you should approach this. Shimon b'ni chacham. So then Rabbi Danasi said, "My son Shimon is a chacham. Gamliel b'ni nasi. I want my son, my son Gamliel to become the nasi. And Chanina bar chama yeshe b'reish ezos under Rashiva." So Gemara says, "Michael, what is this whole exchange? How can you come here? You meant to say like this? Even though my son Shimon, oh, skip the Gemara." A very important Gemara. Who yoy medashkafte the Rebbe? The day that Rebbe, that Rebbe passed, the way Nafka Baskol, a Baskol came out. The Umra, and it said, Kol the Hava Bashkafte the Rebbe. Any person that was present at the time that Rudanasi passed away, Mizuman Hulachay Elam Abba, he's going to go right into Elam Haba. So the Gemara said, Who called this? There was a, a launderer, the person that used to do the laundry. Kol yoy mehava asikame. Every day he used to go to Rebbe. And Ahu yoy meloyos. This one day he called in sick. So there was one day that the Kaivis, he had an obligation, he had to be somewhere, he had an appointment. This is the one day that he did a show. So the Gemara says, Keep it the Shamahi. When he heard, I'm there every single day. Mamish Tmidim Kisidramu Musafin Kilchasim. And the one day he missed, there was a Basco that said that any person that was here today is Mazumal Chayyel Maba. When he heard the Salk Igra, he went on top of the roof. Venafala Ara. And he jumped off the roof, umis, he died. Yotzis Abbasko, Abbasko came out of Umrah and said, Afahu Koyves, even the Koyves, Mizumun al-Khayyam. He got his own private, his own personal Basko. The Basko said, Afahu Koyves, the Koyves Oichit, even though he wasn't there. But he too is going to be Mizumun al-Khayyam. So just two raid bite related topics that we're not going to talk about now. Number one, the top Taisus. Taisus says, Taimba. The Basko had to say that anyone that was present at the time is Mizumun al-Khayyam Haba, every year. Has a chelik in leilam haba. Valoi kol yisrael yeshlam chelik leilam haba. Upirish Rab Rameir. So Tais brings from Rameir one of the Bali Toisvus that said that wherever it says mezuman lechayy leilam haba, what it means is mezuman. You mezuman, mezimin, right? You go right in. Beloy din u beloy yisurin. Kol yisrael yeshlam chelik leilam haba. But sometimes people have to take the long scenic route. Mezuman lechayy leilam haba means to go right in without any din, without yisurin. Any person that was present at the time of the petira of Rabbi Yehuda Anasi, Rabbi Noa Kadosh, was zoycha that he went. Right into Olam Haba, Beloyg Din, Ubeloyasurim, and that was the Chiddush of this Baskal of Mizumin Lechay Olam Haba. The second related raid by topic that's worth mentioning, and that is that the Gemara says it was a Kaivis that was there every day, and that one day he wasn't there. So he had such chalishas adas that Solik the Igri went to the roof and and he jumped onto the ground and he died and the Baskal said that he too is going to be Zoychat Olam Haba and if you think about it really it's a very big Chiddush because this Koyve seemingly was Ma'abed Atzmeladas a person is not allowed to be Ma'abed Atzmeladas so how was this something that he was allowed to do? L'chayra wasn't he being a Ma'abed Atzmeladas so Rabbi Yaakov Emden in his famous Chuvan Shailas Yaivis is a Chelakal of Simen Mem Gimel where he talks about it a woman, she was an Eshesir, she was Mazana, she has a child, and he was famously matter the this mother to abort the child, but in that shuva, he says that you find that even though, of course, is Asr, and of course, to be Merabed Atzmeladas is Asr, but sometimes it is Mutter, and it's okay for a person to be Merabed Atzmeladas. In fact, sometimes Chazal were Maflik of a person that was Merabed Atzmeladas, and this is an 
example that he brings. He brings the raya from the koives, that the koives was ma'abed atzmeladas, but he did it because of a chalishas hadas for a dovish abiktusha, and the basketball actually came out and said, Afahu koives mezumen hulachaya oilam abba. Either way, shimen beni chacham. So Rabbi Danasi said, my son Shimon is a, a Chacham, my son Gamliel should be the Nasi, and Chanina Bar Chama, also known as Reb Chanina, he should be the Rosh Hashiva. The Lord says, my Chama, what did he mean to say? So the Lord says, he meant to say like this, even though my son Shimon is a bigger Chacham, my son Gamliel, he should be the Nasi. Meaning, Shimon is smarter, so you would have thought maybe Shimon should be the Nasi. That was his Chiddush, that my son Gamliel, he should be the Nasi. Oh, Levi. So Levi said, Levi commented, he said, why did Rabbi have to say this? Meaning, it's obvious that Rabbi Gamliel should be the Nasi. Why is it obvious? The reason is because Rabbi Gamliel was the Bechar. And because Gamliel was the Bechar, so of course, at the end of the day, he's the Bechar. So of course, Amr Shimon Bar Rabbi, Sir Shimon Bar Rabbi told Levi, You need to hear it, and your limp needs to hear it as well. So we know that Levi famously had a limp, and he said, You and your limp, which seems like a little bit bederich bizayin, they both need to hear this. So the Gemara says, What do you mean? My kashale? Well, Reb Shimon Bar Rabbi, I think Levi's saying good. You see that the Mamlacha always goes to the Bechar, so Bechur, the Nesir, should go to the Bechar as well. So the Gemara says, no. The reason Rebbe had to say it was, is because it's true, the Mamlacha went to Yehoram, but Ahu Mamal Makam Avaisav Hava. He was a Mamal Makam Avaisav. Meaning, the only time it goes over to the Bechar is if he's a Barhachi. So the Bechar, if he is also right to be the Melech, he'll become the Melech. If he's right to be the Nasi, he'll be the Nasi. Rabbi Gamliel didn't really fill his father's shoes, and therefore, Rebbe had to say that Gamliel should be the nine. That was the whole point. Even though Shimon is a Chacham, meaning he's more fit to be the Nasi, but still Rebbe Gamliel should be the Nasi. Of Rebbe, my time of so why did Rebbe Taka do this? The Chur, it doesn't sound like he's following the way it's supposed to be. So the says, because even though he wasn't Malamakam Avaisa Bechachma, it's true in Chachma he was Malamakam Avaisa, but in Yiras Chet he was. And being that in Yiras Chet he was, it's for that reason he wanted him to be the next Nasi. It's a very important Maramakim, a Maramakim we've spoken about in, at length. It's in the Shadows of Chuvas Chasam Soifa or Rechaim Sim in your base. It's in related Rebbe. Then he said, I want Reb Chanina to be the Rosh Hashiva. So the Gemara says, like, keep Reb Chanina. That even though Reb Chanina was just crowned, he was said that he would become the next Rosh Hashiva, but he didn't accept. The reason is, because Reb Office was two and a half years older than him. And because he was two and a half years older than him, see, he didn't want to accept, he didn't want to become the Rosh Hashiva. So the Gemara says, Yosef, Reb Office, so Reb Office instead became the Rosh Hashiva. The Yasser Reb Chanina, Reb Chanina, even though he didn't become Rashi, but at the same time he wasn't going to hear Shir from Reb Office, that much not. He stood outside, sat outside of his Madrash. Also Levi, and Levi went, the Yasser Gabe. And he was kind, and he became Reb Chanina's Charusa. So really, Rebbe said Reb Chanina should become the Rashi. Chanina deferred. He felt that Reb Office should. Why? Because he was older than him. Okay, so Reb Office became the Rashi. Reb Chanina is now sitting outside. He needs a Chavrusa. So Levi is Chavrusa. So the Gemara, Noch Nafshid, Reb Office, Reb Office passed away. And then Reb Chanina was masking. This was the Tzavav, Reb Yudan Nasi. He said, I'll become the Rosh Hashiva. But what happened was, when Reb Chanina became the Rosh Hashiva, they have a Levi in the Shlomais of Gabe. But now Levi didn't have a Chavrusa. He didn't have anyone to sit with outside. So the Kossel of what he did was, he left there at Yisrael and he went to Bavl. This is what they meant when they told Rav, There's a Gav Rabbi that just came to Narda, and he's limping, and he's darshan, Klila Shari. Klila is a certain uh, ornament that the women used to wear. It was a machlik, he could wear on Shabbos, he can't wear on Shabbos. And he was darshan in that Klila Shari. Omar. So when Rab heard that, he commented, he said, Shema mino, nach, nach. he made a whole cheshmer. He said, Vais toys, Rabbi Office must have passed away. Vyasa Rabbi Chanina, Rabbi Chanina became the Rashi. And Levi doesn't have anyone now to learn with, or he doesn't need to be sitting outside learning with anybody. And therefore, he came to Babel. So the Gemara says, Had Rab know this, right? Rab did all the math in his head. So the Gemara says, there's an inami, there's a void shlemer, there's another way this could have played out. The Ema Reb Chanina Nachnafshe, maybe Reb Chanina was the one who passed away. For Reb Office, Kedi Yosef Yosef, and Reb Office is still the Rosh Hashiva, for he have a Levi in Shlomais of Gavay, and Levi now didn't have anyone to learn with, and therefore he came. How did Rav know that it was Reb Office who passed away, Reb Chanina became the Rosh Hashiva, and therefore Levi left? Maybe Reb Chanina passed away, right? That seems to be a little more glut. Reb Chanina passed away, so therefore Levi, meaning Levi was learning Reb Chanina, now all of a sudden Levi doesn't have his Chavrusa, and therefore he went to Baba. Okay, what happened? So two things could have happened. Either 
the Rosh Hashiva was Nifter. Maybe it's Chavrusa became the Rosh Hashiva, therefore he's out of a Chavrusa, so now he went to Babel. Or maybe it's more simple. His Chavrusa just was Nifter. So if he doesn't have a Chavrusa, therefore he's coming back. So Mara says two reasons. Iba Yisema, either Pshad is because Levi the Ravafis maketh Habikayafle. Levi had no problem learning by Ravafis. He wasn't going to learn by Rabchanina, but he had no problem learning by Rabafis. So if it was Rabchanina that was Nifter, he would have gone to Rabafis a share. The only reason he was sitting outside with Rabchanina was because he was just keeping Rabchanina company. But Be'etzin, if not for Rabchanina, he would have been sitting by Rabafis. And Levi knew that. I mean, Rav knew that. And therefore, Rav knew that Balkarchach is Rabafis that passed away. or it's given the Amar Rebchanin Bar Chama Yeshe Beroish. Being that Rabbi Danasi said Rebchanin Bar Chama is going to be good. Rosh Hashiva Lei Sagid Oy Malach. It's impossible that it wasn't going to play itself out. The Chsibu B'Tzadikim because it says by the Tzadikim the Kigs are Oimer VeYakim Lach. I mean that that's what it says by the Tzadikim Tzadik Goyzer Hakadosh Baruch Hu Mekayim. That's the Makar to that Klal, and it has to be that way. So there was no way the Rebchanin was Nifter before he became the Rosh Hashiva. So he understood for sure he must have become the Rosh Hashiva. And it's for that reason, it's for that reason, Rab made the cheshbon, Shema Minah, that it was Rab Office that passed away, Rab Chanid became the Rosh Hashiva, and that's why Levi now is in Bavel, the Itla, and he's darshaning that Klilo Yashari. So the truth is, there's a tremendous amount of raid, just from the part of the sugi that we already learned. Ez Hashem, after Yontif, we'll, we'll revisit this Gemara, albeit from the raid bite perspective, and we'll go back and we'll, we'll come back to some of these columns. But just to end with one Ha'ara, really, to go into Yontif and in the spirit of Hishana Rabbah. So Hishana Rabbah is a, a day that's really made up of two... It's, it's a great dichotomy, because on the one hand it's Yontif, and there's a mitzvah, v'samachta b'chagecha, it's the seventh day of Usmachtam Lufnei Hashem Aleikeichem Shivas Yomim. And there was Simchas Beis HaSheven, Leihoi Yomim Toivim Liyisra. But at the same time, but at the same time, in the Zayra Kodesh and the Sifri Kabbalah, it's also a Yemadin. And that's why we say Hanoira, and there's a Kittel, Vadvarim Atikin. So just in the spirit of the Yom Tshuva of Hishan Rabbah, just to be Messiah. So one of the Gemaras that we're going to see over Yantif, is a Gemara that we all know. And that is, the Gemara says, Mishameis Rebbe Batal Kedusha. That when Rebbe passed away, Batal Kedusha, the Kedusha of the world, diminished tremendously. That's something that happened beyond Shemais Rebbe. That Gemara, that line in of itself, allows us to appreciate the Chassam Soifer that we spoke at earlier a little bit better. That there would have been a Havamina, that maybe the Hespid after the Petira of Rabbi Yudanasi should have been even more than Moshe Rabbeinu. Because when Moshe Rabbeinu was Nifta, you don't find Batal Kedusha. But Mishnah Rabbi, it was Batal Kedusha. So there was this incredible, dramatic shift in the, in the, in the world at the time of the Petira of Rabbi Yudanasi. Tais asks Akasha, from a Gemara Tzaita, it's really a Mishnah. The Mishnah says, Mishamais Rebbe, Batla Anava Vayera. That when Rebbe was Nifter, there was no more Anava, and there was no more Yeras. Afrei Taisvis, the Gemara says in Ksubas Kof Gimel Amad Meis, Mishamais Rebbe, Batla Kedusha. And he have Tzaita, where the Mishnah says, Mishamais Rebbe, Batla Anava. And Taisvis says, Yesh Loimar Kedusha Bechla. It could be, Kedusha is included in Anava Vayera. So if we say that Batla Anava, so included in Batla Anava is Batla Kedusha. Could be Pashib Shad is that we know there's the Madragas of Rapinchas Benyar. So Rapinchas Benyar had his Madragas of Avodah Hashem, and the Sefer Mesil Sisharim is predicated on the Madragas of Rapinchas Benyar. Now, if you learn the Gemara in Mesachtas Avodah Zara, Tafchafam and Beis, so the Gemara over there has two different Gersois in what the Madragas are. But Ramchal, in his Mesil Sisharim, had his own Nusach, and in the Marshal, the, in, in, in the Ramchal, the highest Madrega is Kedusha. Anova comes well before Kedusha. So it's passionate that if Mishamais Rebbe Batla Anova, it has to mean that it was Batla Kedusha. It's Bechlal, because he can't get to Kedusha unless he first pass Anova. So if you lost Anova already, there's no more Anova. So if there's no Anova, there's no Anova Mivia day, which ultimately is going to get you to the top of the mountain, which is going to be Kedusha. It could be Pashup Shanatosis. But either way, what emerges is that Mishamais Rebbe was Batla Kedusha, and Mishamais Rebbe Batla Anova. So here's the Ha'ara. And I heard this Ha'ara from my Shvagar, Yaakov Mel. And that is that. We're all familiar with the great Magid of Vilna, who later became the Rav Koil of New York City, Rabbi Yaakov Yosef. So Rabbi Yaakov Yosef was a Litvish Goyen, and he was the Magid of Vilna. And to be a Magid meant, 
obviously you were a Balmusser, you knew how to give Sharfetaychacha, but usually it meant you were a Pemapik Margolis, and you were someone that people would come and flock to hear Divrei Kvushim, and Divrei Nechama, and Divrei Teichacha from. And Rabbi Yaakov Yosef was the Maggid of the great city of Vilna, and he was sent to New York, Beshlichas of the Gedoyle Yonam at the time, to come be Mechazik, what at the time was very much a Midbar Shemama, and required a lot of Chizik. And the stories of Rabbi Yaakov Yosef and the mysterious Nefesh that he had to plant the seeds of Yiddishkeit in New York City and in the United States, Bechlal, are, are legendary. The end of Rabbi Yaakov Yosef's life, he was very, very not well. He was physically very, very ill. He stopped making public appearances. He stopped coming to Bismarck. He couldn't. And Kamuvan, he stopped giving drushes. It was the last year of his life. It was Shabbos Shuva. And Rabbi Yaakov Yosef decided that he wants to give one final Shabbos Shuva drasha. He wants to come to Shul and he wants to speak. And the word got out and started spreading in New York that Rabbi Yaakov Yosef, the Rabbi Koyal, is going to give a drasha. And people understood that this was probably the last drasha they were ever going to hear from him. They hadn't heard from him in some time. And people flocked. They were hanging from the rafters. Everybody wanted to hear this final drasha from Rabbi Yaakov Yosef. So Rabbi Yaakov Yosef comes into the base Medrash and the place is packed. And he's sitting, he can't even stand. And he starts to talk. He says, the Rambam in Hilchus Shuva says, and, and he was quiet. And he said it again. He said, the Rambam in Hilchus Shuva zakt, and nothing came out of his mouth. He couldn't remember what the Rambam said. He had prepared a drasha, but he couldn't remember what the Rambam says. And he tried a third time. And he tried a fourth time, and he was quiet. And there was this deafening silence in the room. Everybody's just staring at this rough and the pain and the anguish in his eyes, and nobody knew where to put themselves. He couldn't utter this Rambam that he had prepared. And then he turned to the Olam, and he said like this, he said, I want you to know, he said, I was a maggot for my entire life, and I was a Yid that was able to prepare drushes on a whim, and people would come from all over, and they would listen to all the drushes that I said. This is the way he said it. And he said it was so easy for me, and it was so natural for me, and he said, this was my avoided, this is what I did. And he said, today, based on a Rambam in Hilchus Shuvah, and he said, I can't even remember what the Rambam says. He says, I've come to a point where I'm so tzibrochim, I'm so broken, I'm such a shell of myself, I can't even remember the Rambam. So he said, Rabbi Say, he said, it's Shabbat Shuvah today. It's Shabbat Shuvah. We came at the Chizik and Shuvah. He says, I want to tell you something. He says, the Mishnah says in the end of Masech Tesoyte, Mishemes Rebbe Botla Anova. And Rabbi Yosef in the last Gemara Masech Tesoyte said, Loitisni Anova. I know the Mishnah says Mishemes Rebbe Botla Anova, but don't say that. The Ika Anova, because I'm here. And because I'm here, so there's still Anova. This is one of the great oxymorons of all time. Rabbi Yosef, don't say there's no Anova. What about me? Ich bin doch der right? That sounds like the greatest guy ever. And everybody tries to explain and understand what Rabbi Yosef meant when he said, Loitisni Anova, the Ika Anova. So Rabbi Yaakov Yosef came and he partially belted out one last final words of Nechama. And he said, you know what Rabbi Yosef was saying? Because everyone knows Rabbi Yosef was one of the greatest Amairam. Rabbi Yosef was a Sinai. Rabbi Yosef was a Baki and all the Brises and Sinai Yodif, like the Gemara says. Rabbi Yosef was the Rabbi Muvik of Rav and the Rabbi Muvik of Abayah. But Rabbi Yosef, we know, forgot all his learning. He forgot all his learning. So Rabbi Yosef told Ba'ilam, he said, He says, you're going to walk around and you're going you're to say you can't have Asodis and Anova? You're going to be a Balgaiva? He said, look at me. He said, look at me. He said, I once knew everything. I was once an Arisha B'chabur. I was a lion. And today I can't remember anything. Throughout Shas, I need my Talmud Abayi to remind me of the most basic things that I taught him. So Rabbi Yosef told the Oilam, Loi tisne anove de Just look at me. He says, you want anova? Look at how fragile life is. Look how in one second you can lose everything. And all the Ashiris and all the Coven and all the Mayach and all the Tyre even. A person can lose everything in one second. In one second. And really, what we need is we need chesed, and we need schosim, and we need the Ebishter to be, we should be noisachain, and the Ebishter should give us a chayim toivim, that's what we need. But gaiva, he says, gaiva loitisni anovet ikana. You want gaiva, you, you're struggling with gaiva, just look at me. Don't even look in the mirror. Look in me. That's going to cure your gaiva. And that's what Yaakov Yosef said. He told the oilam, he says, echidenk nishter I told you, don't remember the Ramam that I... But he said, you want chizik for Shabbat Shuvah? He says, the ikana. Just look at me, and this is the chizik you're going to get for Shabbat Shuvah. This is the last drosser of Yaakov Yosef ever gave.
And this was his pshat that he said on Rabbi Yosef's immortal words of Loitisne Anova de Ikana.